0: Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL Podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. NFL. Now, here's your hosts, and Why.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why show. I am Josh Y, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Josh Woot. How are you going on this fine Wednesday evening?
0: I'm going, I'm swell. I'm swell. You're swell? swell? I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about the weather. Like, I kind of like it. I, I like that you can walk out late at night and it's just a normal, nice temperature, kind of. But then, you know, some, like during the day, my God.
1: It's funny you mentioned the it weather straight off the bat.
0: Disgusting, all right? It's disgusting. Anyway, it, go. It's
1: funny you mentioned the weather straight off the bat because I finished work late on Monday night, 11, 11 o'clock. And just on the train on the way home and just walking to the station and I was in a suit. And it was 11 o'clock at night, and I was sweating like a pig, and I was just like, I cannot do this. I do not hate – I hate summer. I just cannot handle this heat. And I tweeted something about it, and Jeff Risden, who we've had on the show, lives in Detroit, said I'll swap you because apparently it's just miserable all the time in Detroit. And then I raised the question to him, yeah, that's fine. You can come live here, but are you going to get up at 3 a.m. and watch watch NFL at 3 a.m. on a Monday morning? And he said – Definitely not. So uh, I know we we might have the nice weather down here, but it's not always it's not always heavily in our favor at this point. Would you rather live in Detroit and get to watch football at a normal hour? Or would you would rather live here? <laughs>
0: um, I don't know. Uh, the watching football in a normal hour is good, but I'm kind of acclimatized to watching it in the morning. I think it'd be weird watching it at night. Now I'm so used to watching it in the morning, I feel it would really be bizarre to watch it. I don't and, know, I don't you know, like primetime games at night instead of midday. But, yeah, I don't know. I love, you know, I love Australia. I love Australia. But when when you um, hear like the Brits coming down to Australia for the weather and things like that, you just think, mate, it, it's you're so insane. hot.
1: <laughs> like, you're nuts.
0: what are you doing? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's so funny. But then they'd think the same about us. If we're trying to escape how hot it is here, That you know, the desert, barren wasteland that is the middle of Australia kind of thing, yeah. they're just... They're like, are you crazy? Why would you want to go over to the rain and coldness of England?
1: So, oh, God, I mean, I've I don't think
0: we yeah, I don't think too many of us have it perfect. No. With, like the Hawaiians that are loving it.
1: Yep. But down around the harbour, you get the nice sea breeze. And, uh, if you're attending our Lunar Bowl coming up in February to watch the Super Bowl at Lunar Park, you'll get to bask in the uh, glory of the Sydney February weather, the nice sea breeze, the nice, uh, morning, early sunrise. Uh, in in Sydney, and we will have an upcoming competition with the uh, with Luna Park. They're going to be giving away uh, double passes for the Luna Bowl uh, over the next five weeks as we finish the season. So keep an ear out for that on uh, our Twitter and Facebook pages. We're on Facebook the Wooten Y Show, and on Twitter at Wooten Y. Um, basically, you'll have to, we'll, we'll post out a link, and you just got to guess the score in uh, on one of the games each week, and the closest to the correct score will win a double pass to the lunar bowl, so uh, got that teed up. Yeah, for... we, we tried to
0: we tried to fit all the weather information on the brochure, but we just scrapped it in the end because yeah. it was just far too much. We yeah. wanted to say you you know a nice westerly in the afternoon kind of thing like that, but none of that could fit on the, so the disclaimers just...
1: about uh, freak drought, fire, and flood—the three uh, the natural disasters of Australia just took up too much lines.
0: Yeah, far too much. So we yeah. just scrapped
1: it and put Woot and wire on there. Yeah. And then, you know, now they're, now they're selling out. Yes. so We're actually, uh, we are over the Twitter, uh, no, Twitter. We're over the ticket target that we uh, had in mind when we first, uh, went into Lunar Park and discussed it with them. So onwards and upwards, please, if you want to buy tickets, just, uh, type in Lunar Bowl into Google and NFL and it should come up for you. Or just, uh, tweet, tweet us or, uh, yeah, Facebook us and we can shoot you the details that way. Let's get into some NFL news. All right, we'll start in Atlanta where Falcons cornerback Desmond Trufant has been diagnosed with a torn pictorial, and he will miss the season. He's their number one cornerback, probably their number one defensive player, depending on how you, you view things. I know some people prefer Vic Beasley, but Trufant's been an absolute gun for them over the last uh, three and a half to four seasons. He was the number 22 overall pick in the 2013 draft, and now he's out for the season. So it's going to be really tough for them. They've got Brian Poole and Jalen Collins as their cornerbacks uh, heading into, into uh, you know, November, December and, and probably what looks likely to be a uh, playoff run. Yeah.
0: Um, what already was a pretty poor unit has now just gotten pretty, pretty bad. Now it's kind of on par with the rest of that division. So, yep. I mean, I, I feel like this is, this is going to be a way that, uh, like... To be honest, the Falcons are riding so high early, and now they're not in a form slump because they're still winning. But you know they're not performing at the level they were early on in the season, despite still winning. I feel like this is a way if they start to slip up and the Saints overtake them and things like that, they can you know kind of blame, you know, shift blame and say, hey, you know, True Font got hurt and things like that. They've they've already got excuses lined up that they can use. If it all falls apart, and yeah, you know, I don't think it will. It though it I, 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 still I like the Saints of the division.
1: Yeah, well, I think the I think the Falcons are closer to eyeing off a buy, given what happened in Seattle, and we'll get to that later on in the show. Than missing that, winning the like not winning the division. I feel like they're closer to that than than losing. I know the Saints and the Saints. I like the Saints this week against Detroit. I feel like they're gonna keep things interesting. But the Saints are third in the division. Tampa Bay are actually. In front of them at this point, but it is, I just think it limits their chances of a deep playoff run. I feel like he can be a difference maker for them, but now they're just, it's just going to be too hard for them. Like, unless they're going to have to score 35, 40 points against, you know, someone like Seattle or, or Dallas in the playoffs, uh, to, to win, to win a playoff game. And they're capable of it. They went into Arizona and put up 38 points against the number three ranked defense. But yeah, if you're giving up 30 as well, it's going to be tough. Yeah, um, yeah. Moving yeah. on, the Patriots signed right tackle Marcus Kennan to a five-year extension through 2021 worth 14 and a half million guaranteed. That's around Mitchell Schwartz range of money, which is crazy. When you think about it last year, he was sort of on the roster bubble, but he's actually performed really, really well this season he has been one of the best linemen for the Patriots. Uh, he's started 10 of 11 games and he's actually PFF's number seventh ranked right tackle. So, it's a big dollar deal for Kennan. They probably paid a little bit overs, but uh he's played well in a contract year to, to earn that money.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh he's had to step up in a difficult like it's there's been, you know, such not uh I'm not gonna say what's the word I'm thinking of continuity on that line, especially last season because there was just, you know, so many line changes, but yep. at the tackle positions, at the tackle positions they've had the same tackles for so long despite getting hurt every now and then yep. but, you know, he's he stepped in pretty well this season, I mean like, obviously he must have Brady's trust or he wouldn't be getting his contract that's just like a thing, yep. <laughs> it's just if Brady must you know, have said something or you know, I know it's not all uh, it's all, not all Tom, but definitely there's, there's it's he'd definitely have his you know, have his say and say, "Hey, look, this guy is, you
1: know, he's, he's putting fine. in the,
0: yep. yeah, he's putting in the good work." And I mean, the stats
1: back it up. He's at seventh. Yep, it's as, just, as, it's as just all. really weird seeing him get so much money. When I think of Marcus Cannon, I just think of Von Miller just destroying him in that AFC Championship game last year. But you're right; there were there wasn't much continuity in that line last year, and they were very banged up in the middle, so it made it a lot tougher for Cannon and it, and it is, it and others still to play. Yeah,
0: it it's is. the same it's, it's it's like the same scenario this year. Trey Jackson's out, Volmer's
1: out. Mm, exactly. They just haven't versed Von Miller yet, so we'll wait to see. Uh they play in a few weeks. That's so it. hopefully Marcus has learned a few things, but Von Miller's playing at unreal rate. We're gonna speak about him a little bit later on as well. Uh speaking of the Pats, Rob Gronkowski was seen moving quite gingerly on right on route. Right. Wow. Well, route to the Patriots team bus after suffering a back injury in Sunday's win over the Jets. So Gronk reportedly had to grab the railing just to get down a flight of stairs. Pro Football Talk did report Gronk's injury is not serious and he's not expected to miss any time going forward. But, I don't know, the 9-2 Pats may want to consider it taking it easy. I said last week they shouldn't have played him this week and I was very shocked to see him active. And they may regret it because even though they're saying it's not serious, that back has been a concern for Gronk for a while. And this, this could be some warning bells because that offense... As potent as it is is not the same without Gronkowski. And we saw that against the Jets. They struggled for, for patches in that game.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't I never trust injury port reports when it comes to New England. Patriots whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's or, just, just I honestly just wipe my hands off it and wait until, you know, kick off and then whoever's listed as playing then <laughs> Yeah. Even then even then it may say Gronkowski's active but he won't see a single snap. Yeah. So I mean you would you gotta Maybe wait till the full time
1: whistle to decide. Wait on. until we actually yeah. see him in between the white lines to trust an injury report from the Patriots. A lot of and a lot of injury reports are very dishonest, but the Patriots especially play very strong mind games. It's all part of Bill Belichick's strategy. It's just the little things that he tries to just get an, an advantage over anyone else.
0: Yeah, you know, like he could keep saying Gronkowski's healthy, Gron- Gronkowski's healthy, and then you know rocks up to the weekend. And he'll be active, and then he'll just say, "You know what? He wasn't quite feeling it, but he'll be ready to go next week." So then they'll game plan, game plan next week, and the same thing will happen. And then they'll go, "You know what? We made the decision not to go with Gronkowski this week." And it's just—it's forcing the other team to do extra work on yep. something that they don't even have to. It's just, I love it. I love it. It's—it's it's actually insane that I like something so stupid, but it's. <laughs> Mind game.
1: I love it. They don't have to worry about the lost blocking, though, because they have quarterback Tom Brady to block for them. Did you see him try to block it? Uh, By the way,
0: got... I love it. I love it, right? That there was, like, I'm not sure if it was respect from the, the defense of the Jets. I, I kind of want to say it was.
1: Or afraid was like of a Tom flag. Brady,
0: Tom... <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't have got a flag. No way. But yeah. they, were, they, were, they were running, and then it was, like, should I, this would be dirty, no. I mean, if it was perfect, Tom Brady wouldn't be alive.
1: No. But it's a but. it's a rivalry game. You're in the division. You should be hammering him. I don't understand that. He's beaten your ass for the last decade. Get some revenge. I know. I feel but like it that's was, very it was hilarious. Soft. After I, I saw that, that the Jets were going to win. Did you,
0: fa- did you see Tom Brady on Facebook? Yes. You know, go along with
1: it. Very and then post, like... Train crashes and stuff. Yeah. It was, very I well done. I thought it was, that was very hilarious. Weird. Very Whoever very did
0: right. that, bravo. Yeah.
1: He's got a good media team. He does. Yeah. Hope and you know, hopefully that media team's deleting any evidence of his mobile as well, so he doesn't have to destroy anymore. All right, ESPN's oh, just rid of it. <laughs> ESPN's Mike Triplet reports. Brandon Cooks's growing frustration with his role in the Saints offense, according to to uh Triplet. Sources have indicated throughout this season that Cooks has felt a growing frustration with the usage mostly the idea that he's used too often as a clear-out receiver instead of a primary option, and that this isn't just a new issue after what happened on the weekend. So Cook somehow wasn't targeted at all in Sunday's 49-21 to 21 drubbing of the Rams in the uh, Mike Williams... Uh, not, sorry, Greg Williams' revenge game, Sean Payton, that little uh, feud running in the NFL over Bounty Gate. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite crazy that like Michael Thomas and Willie Snead have more... Targets and yards over the last few weeks in this Saints offense.
0: Michael Thomas, boy, man, oh, he... that guy, that guy just keeps going off and off. That was like, I'm so proud that that was like one of my most yep. ever spot on things yep. that I've ever said that he was just going to be the the, the goat of rookie wide receivers. <laughs> Buddy Treadwell. I know, like, it's such a disappointing thing that, like, we haven't gotten to see anything from him. Think,
1: that's I just people are writing him off. I feel like Shredwell's going to be a guy, like, in year three or four, where he just ends up being, like, amazing, and then you go, all right, we get it. Like, we, it makes sense now. Like, kind of like a late bloomer, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm th- no. And I'm like, trying to I, think of the wide receiver to compare him to, but I can't think of any at this point.
0: Because <laughs> it doesn't happen. No, nah, I just... I don't, I don't doubt that he's going to, you know, get a bigger role and, you know, may develop into this, you know, awesome wide receiver, but I it's it's frustrating. You look at everything Michael Thomas has and does and his size and his ability and you just think, what wasn't, like, what weren't the, all the other teams seeing? Like, it was, it's frustrating,
1: but anyway,
0: the guy is awesome and, like, Cook's, can be frustrated all he wants. The Saints are playing extremely well, and this is working for them. Why change? Do your job. It's the same, similar, similar thing. Kind of happened with Tory Smith at the end of his um,
1: Baltimore days. Uh,
0: yeah, so he he started off and he was you know like the complete focal point, and then he just became that long deep. Right, and like it was stretching the field all the time. you yeah. get a, you know
1: a Do, catch here or there, but it, yeah, Deshaun Jackson's yeah. doing the same thing in Washington. You, the middle of the field is open for Jordan Reed and, and Jamison Crowder because of Deshaun Jackson. Uh, it's yeah. just, and, I mean, if, it's if, just if, sorry, know yeah. I was yeah. just gonna say it's just part of it's part of the plan. Obviously, this week it didn't work out, but there'll be weeks where he is he is the go to guy because the matchup presents itself. It, Trumaine Johnson's tough to play against, so when you've got an elite. Receivers as your number two, number three option going up against better matchups, and that's I understand why Breeze and Peyton have focused on them in that particular matchup.
0: And you can't be frustrated with your role if the team is performing well. You can't look at it in a way and say, hey, I'm frustrated. I don't want to just be this decoy. I'm not going to put in, you know, 100% for my team. If you're doing your job and you're beating that wide receiver, then you're going to see targets and you're going to make the massive plays that everyone starts raving about. And then from that, it's like a stem on it. Like it's just a roll on effect. And then, you know, you're going to be targeted more and more and more. And then, you know, that's what yep. similar thing happened to OBJ. This whole OBJ phenomenon wouldn't be happening if he didn't make that catch. Like he'd still be a great wide receiver, but you know that he's like everything. like everyone goes, well, if he can catch like that, he can catch any ball. Let's just throw it to him all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, he's just got to, he's just got to get over that.
1: Yeah, Cooks has got one more year on his deal, 2017, so he can't really do much. I guess he can hold out and then demand to be traded, but uh, like that's really, really like deep-seated if he goes next, next level with it. He's probably just trying to voice I his concerns. Philly will take him. Take him. <laughs> I'll Happily take him. But uh, if he's unhappy at the end of 2017, then he'll get a big payday somewhere else, especially as a young guy. He's only 23, so at the end of the 2017 season, he's hitting his prime at 25. And, uh, would be a very coveted free agent signing for any team, uh, at the end of this point. But I, I feel like he's just trying to get some voice, his concern, and, and make sure he gets some more ball. And, you know, wide receivers are, are hungry guys. They want the ball. They, they want to be in the limelight. That's just part of the position they play. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, Terrell Pryor caught six of 12 targets for 131 yards against the Browns in week 12 in their loss to the Giants. And Janoris Jenkins was not happy about it. Jenkins tweeted at Tyrell Pryor, you're a f- eater to me, you, re- you really sucks. And then just a hashtag with nothing attached to it. And then he said, lol, cause he sucks, he caught balls in zone coverage, he's a f- eater to me. Uh, Pryor then, Pryor then didn't take the bait at all, tweeting back, you're a great corner, solid defender, you played a solid game, God bless, good luck the rest of the year.
0: What an amazing
1: person. Yeah. I, I And then Terrell Pryor has also tweeted a few times to um, Pat Mc, McAfee about, uh I think it was after McAfee did a dance or something after a good punt and said that he was stealing swag from Marquette King. And, and Pat was like, I've been doing that for years. And Terrell was like, yeah, true respect. And I don't know, he, just, he actually like live tweets when he watches games and stuff. So I, I really like the one shining light for the Browns this year has been Terrell Pryor. uh just on and off the field, he's been really, really fun and impressive. And he didn't take bait from that man, Janoris Jenkins. You really sucks. great grammar. Did you go to any of your classes over four years? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. He's Terrell Pry is untradable, so that's he's untradable on the Browns. So that's all you need to know. He is awesome. The guy, the guy is just who cares if it's in zone coverage? That's, that's just yeah. you know exploiting weakness. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Look. It's it's frustrating. It's, just, it's actually dumb on Jenkins's part. Oh, if he saw that, sense. then he
1: would. No one would be talking uh, about like that he got beat if he didn't tweet about it. Like no one cares. Like, <laughs> like no one cares that the Giants beat the Browns. No one cares. <laughs> no, no. It's no just,
0: one. No one. It's
1: ridiculous. All right, let's get to our real MVPs. Real
0: MVP, 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 MVP. Real, real MVP.
1: All right, Woot! Who's your real MVP of the week?
0: Hill of the Chiefs, who like pretty much single-handedly won the Chiefs their game, besides Santos's kick.
1: Despite how terrible of a human he is,
0: explain why. Why is
1: this? He was arrested for bashing his pregnant girlfriend in college. (sighs) God damn it! Did you know about it? As always,
0: no. I, I, I mean, I, I'm. Essentially, just a lover of the game. I don't want to pry into everyone's private life, Josh. I know you've got that whole big portfolio. Of no, every but it's a pretty
1: big red flag. With it's a massive red no, flag. No, of
0: course it is. I'm not. I'm not a supporter of this. But um, yeah, I mean, like on whatever. the field, he
1: is dynamite. I agree. Like he had a rushing
0: touchdown, receiving touchdown, specialty. return touchdown, first since Gale says everything. Saves. Without him, without him, nothing. But he just. He absolutely put on the burners. That guy is so fast. And did you see that the... um, I think I want to say it was the punter originally or, you know, the kicker, tripped him up on the first return he did where he was clearly he was going. He was gone for the end zone and he got tripped up. And then identically did the same thing, but they just couldn't catch him the second time and just burned him. It was just incredible. It was incredible. It was nearly like a spitting image of the first one. It was just he
1: far out. That guy
0: has dynamite. got some legs, yeah. What, what they say, he ran a 4 It's just, what? It's Get out of here.
1: Blistering, blistering speed. Uh, mine's John Harbour, because he deserves credit for his craftiness, man. He was very crafty in the end of this game against the, uh, the Bengals, so he found a rare instance in sports where an obvious violation of the rules doesn't result in like a penalty or any consequences. So he basically snapped the ball to Sam Koch and the the punter held the ball and held the ball. And he just said, all right, offensive lineman, hold, store the defenders, do whatever you want until time expires. So then that Koch can uh, just step out of the end zone for a safety and offensive penalties uh, on the offense, they don't extend the game like time-expiring penalties on the defense do. So you don't have to punt the ball away without any danger whatsoever, and the game's over. It was just really crafty, and we saw his brother do it in college by punting it away, and the, the pun of the Australians snapped the ball and lost on the game last year. So why risk it? So I thought it was genius from John.
0: Yeah, no, that I, it's things like that that you just think you, people are watching at home, and they're like, Wow, that was really smart. But we need to have a talk on Wednesday night about this so we can change it for next week, kind of thing. That's just, that's just how they that's how I just imagine them looking at this. Like they're just thinking, Bravo, like we all were, we're just thinking, yep. what a safe way. You wish that was your team's coach with that, you know, awareness of the rules and things like that. Yep. that you just would know, Bravo.
1: It's right, up. it's if right it was up, John's against up.
0: your team. If it was against your team, my God, would you not be furious? You'd just be like, "That's stupid! There should yeah. be even defense, offense." You yeah, know, yeah. but rather,
1: you would, I, I... you would be pretty mad. Give him all the credit in the world. But yeah, I agree. It's uh and John knows special teams. That's his. That's right up his alley. So used it to his advantage. And no, no
0: special teams with the best kicker in the league.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tucker's been unreal. Imagine like the. Imagine the, uh, imagine your locker room where your kicker is the guy that has the most, is your MVP and can pretty much.
0: Is he, is he the most consistent player in the league?
1: Probably. Yeah. yeah I think so. He really yeah. is. He really is. Uh,
0: in a, in a, in a year and a league now in which the kicker has so much power, he's just becoming more consistent. It's and ridiculous.
1: more valuable just, too.
0: Yeah, far more valuable. And, but I, I'm, when it comes to players like that, I hate it when, you know, like, a, an eliteness or a self-entitlement or an arrogance comes in, and, like, Tucker's kind of got that, which doesn't exactly resonate with me very well. Did you see like
1: how that, he started but... his uh, press conference after yeah, that game? Yeah, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, well, if anyone missed it, he uh, walked out and said, oh, man, smells like updog in here. <sighs> and the reporter's like, what's up-dog? And he said, not much, what's up with you? Yeah.
0: Like the oldest, we
1: used to do that at high school. I, I did that at work a few times at my old job. It's probably why it didn't work out. Have a good Hey, Woot, have you heard of moneyball.com.au? Have I heard of
0: moneyball.com.au, Australia's first daily fantasy site down under? You've heard of daily fantasy sports in the States. Now, Moneyball has brought it to our shores. With daily NFL contests, it's like a new season
1: every day. If you don't win, don't worry. There is always tomorrow.
0: Moneyball.com.au.
1: All right, let's look at some of the big talking points from Week 12 in the NFL. And the door closed on, on these once playoff teams. And we're going to talk about uh, a couple of them now. The door is pretty much firmly shut on Cincinnati, Carolina and Arizona. So where did it all go wrong for these teams? Cincinnati are now three, seven and one with just one win since late September. Look the uh, the Bengals are, are pretty much done and the only remaining drama is whether Marvin Lewis will be shown the door at the end of the season and how many more times can Vontaze Burfick make a fool of himself on the field? I know you want to talk about that in a second. Um, but the Bengals, where, like, where did it all go wrong? Because Dalton isn't playing that awful. I know the injuries to A.J. Green hurts and, and Giovanni Bernard and then losing all their weapons, but it seems to be a whole range of issues with the offensive line and the defense as well. It just seems to be a massive fall from Grace that we didn't really expect or see coming.
0: Yeah, I think... I think Cincinnati though, out of the three teams that you mentioned is the easiest to explain. We've explained it like a thousand times of what we think has gone wrong with the whole, you know, the whole shift with coaches. And then you've also got players that you didn't think were that impactful turned out to be, you know, a whole, whole lot of something rather than nothing. And then you've, when it comes to, you know, lack of belief, in the offense then the defense struggles. And you know, it, it happens with all the teams. I mean, even, you know, you feel like these these elite defenses like Arizona, Arizona is what you were saying before, they're ranked third, yet they, they can't go into the field and feel like, awesome, we're not gonna be back on here within like mm. five minutes. Yeah. We're gonna be back out there very shortly because Carson Palmer's, you know, a lemon. <laughs> So I think, (laughs) yeah, Cincinnati, I think, is the easiest to explain. Carolina is a bit, that's a bit weird. There's been a decline on some players. Greg Olson hasn't played well for weeks. You and I were speaking before the podcast that he hasn't put in that great a performance. He's still been getting like 50 yards a game, but the touchdowns have just gone Cam Newton, I'm not sure. He's he's not playing horribly, but at the same
1: time, I think Cam's been fine, but he's just not getting protection as good as last year. I feel like their offensive line, the injuries have have really caught up to them, and he's just not getting time. When he gets time, he looks great. He's just being rushed a lot more than he was last year. Last year, it felt like he had a lot of time in the pocket, and this year, not so much.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and it doesn't it doesn't uh, help your team when you lose Josh Norman. Who was essentially not shutting down one side of the field, but you know,
1: yep. pretty
0: much close to it, close to it. Arizona injuries, bad coaching early on in the season didn't help them.
1: Missed kicks. Carson Palmer, Chandler Catanzaro. Sorry? They've missed. They've yep. lost two games because of Chandler Catanzaro as well. So yeah,
0: the yeah. games that they should have won were, were just you know ruined by something that usually is a gimme, but Carson Palmer is the biggest problem there.
1: Their offense was fairly stagnant, but their defense as well, they yielded the high season high in first downs and points. So their defense has been playing well, but they also lacked as well last week. And, yeah, I'm not sure whether Carson Palmer will be back next year. I think he will be because he's under contract and Bruce Arians has confidence in him. But I don't know. Like, I guess when the cliff hits you, the cliff hits you. But it just seems to be a weird season. For them, obviously, the missed kicks, obviously, they would be in the race and still part of it, but it just feels like they're on a whole nother couple of tiers below Seattle and, and things like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I really feel that there are a couple of quarters... I mean, if Romo was to go to Arizona right now, they would be very, very strong. <laughs> I'd be very, very mindful of the Cardinals if Romo was to go somewhere like Arizona. Saying that, I don't know where he's going to go. I don't want to get into that. That's a completely... That's an off-season story. That's an I'm sure we'll story talk about that like a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So you, men- you mentioned... I mentioned Vonte's perfect before. I know I uh, me- messaged you earlier today and you wanted to talk about uh, him. He had a LeBron-like flop after an inter- uh, incident with Steve Smith.
0: Frustrating. Frustrating. Like, I'm... I wanted to say I'm all for floss. I'm not all for floss. I'm if it was something where you know that's uncalled for and it wasn't, you know, you didn't instigate it or anything like that, and someone just pushes you out of the way, fall over. Like I, I don't, I honestly don't care. But if it's something like, I don't know. You can't... Let me restart. If, you, if you're if you standing there and someone pushes you in the face, don't just cop it. If you fall over, you know you're going to get something for it, but you get something for your team. That's fine. But if you bloody instigate this whole thing, try to act tough, push a guy pretty much, cheap shot him, push him on the ground, things like that, and then flop like he did, like a complete pathetic idiot. Mate, there has to, like, there has to be a panel that reviews that kind of stuff. Like, that was so obvious. Like, it was... <laughs> looks so uh,
1: weird. looks so weird i just love that he is it's just the irony of he's the one normally leveling people out and flattening people in the most vicious ways and then he gets touched a tiny bit and just f- flops around on the ground uh it's funny uh, it was just
0: i do i want to see i want to see a really big name athlete call him out you know just someone i don't know so, like someone ridiculously Big and powerful. Michael Jordan just go, you know, dude. <laughs> and then I want, I was like, I'd love to see what he'd say. James, the
1: guy doesn't James seem to Harrison. have
0: any brain cells in him. Yeah, that'd be good.
1: By the way, that'd I think Bill Barnwell tweeted this week. Uh, at what age would you be? At what age does James Harrison have to be for you to comfortably think you've got a chance to beat him in a fist fight?
0: Uh, mate, I don't know. Like he's, late doing, he's doing 80s? He's doing dumbbell lifts with barbells. Okay. That is how strong he, that guy is. He plays it is beach
1: volleyball amazing. with a medicine ball.
0: Oh, I, it's incredible. His upper body is, you know... Yeah. Oh, so,
1: so late 80s? Early 90s? No, I
0: think he'd it, it nearly need to be in triple digits, mate. he need to be in a wheelchair and then I'd still be scared.
1: I'd, I'd even go the other way. Maybe like a four-year-old James Harrison.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Might have to, <laughs> I'd have the height and reach just. All right, let's move on to the AFC West, and it's lit right now. It is just oh, hot, 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 unbelievably hot, hot, hot right hot, now. Hot, 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 uh, we had the Sunday night football game, which was a classic, and then you had the Raiders win. You know, they're just a crazy win with Derek Carr's finger and coming back and and winning that game. It's just that whole division right now is just absolutely insane. So this. Overtime game, we had Tyreek Hill lighting it up. We just mentioned him. Despite how terrible of a human he is, very good player on the field. Missed field goal from, uh, Brandon McManus. The 62 yard field, field goal attempt. A, would, you, what are your thoughts on the move? And B, what would you have done if you were Gary Kubiak in that situation? He said that they were trying to win the game and Elway said he has no regrets on the decision by Gary Kubiak. Yeah, I think it was
0: idiotic. I mean, I know there's the whole... um,
1: Coach to win the game?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Onions. I like the whole onions aspect of it. This whole season's been about onions, it seems. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I know... I know... What's the word? What's the word I'm trying to think of? The air up there. Altitude. Yes. The altitude. I know, I know, you know, that whole... That plays a factor and things like that, but no... 62. Yeah, what's the record? 64,
1: 65? No, it's Why not even. It's I think it's like 58. In in sorry in know o- no, sorry in overtime it's 58. Okay, yeah, yeah sorry. I mean yeah, 62 is about the record I think. Just
0: yeah, get out of it. Honestly,
1: I, like you're... yeah. I I am normally all for going for the decision to win the game, and I'm not trying to make an excuse here because it didn't work out. And in hindsight, we can easily say it was a terrible decision. But you're facing Alex Smith, you're facing, you know, a limited window of time left on the clock. You've also got Von Miller and this defense playing well. I think you needed to punt that ball and try and pin them deep inside their own five or ten yard line and try and just force a draw because now you're out of the playoffs right now. Um, Even though you probably had a chance to win the game, I think you've also gave yourself a high percentage chance to lose that game, and that's exactly what happened. Because Cairo Santos is money, and he made that kick. Even if it was just, he still made that kick. But I, I don't, I don't dislike the call. I just think that would have. That's the direction I would have gone with that offense, and with that team and that defense. If I had the Saints' defense, or or Oakland's defense, or the Colts' defense, I'm absolutely taking a swing at that because it didn't really matter if the, the opposing team had to go ninety yards or thirty yards.
0: Yeah, no, but still, I still hate it. I. Still, really hate it. There's so much that can happen in that 90 yards. Anything can happen. Like I don't care if you have the Colts' defense. There's just I don't know, man. Like if it was between any you know, like close to 55, 56, 57, yeah, but 62 is just that extra bit that you're hmm. just like, nah,
1: crazy, just nah, crazy decisions. I don't know. But early on but in they the have, game, they have
0: an amazing, they have an amazing defense. I just think it was dumb, especially if that. Point cost
1: them, yeah, and it could. Uh, Miami currently the six seed right now. Broncos looking on the outer. I don't think they can win the division now, but I'd certainly think that they can still make the playoffs ahead of ahead of the Chiefs, or even if as the six seed ahead of the Dolphins. We'll wait and see how that pans out. But most of that game was basically like a preview of like UFC two hundred nine. It was just Justin Houston and Von Miller just going at it, um, just trading beastly pass rushing displays all game. Uh, Houston just Ended lives out there, and then Von Miller said, "Well, if you're killing people, then I'm going to kill people as well." And they just monstered the game with six sacks between them, nineteen total pressures, and just and just and nineteen defensive stops between the two of them. It was just unreal.
0: Yeah, no, it's good. We expect it from Von Miller, and I mean, I know we we expect it from Houston too. But it's good to see Houston back.
1: Yep. So good to good. see
0: him, you know, doing what he does.
1: And that defense is going to yeah. be good with D Ford back and Tamba Harley The three of them are going to wreak havoc. I know.
0: And you know what? Justin Houston doesn't He doesn't have that look where you, you look at Von Miller and you just think, all right, this guy's going to really rush. Houston, it's he rushes in a really bizarre style to me. It, it doesn't look that fast. It doesn't look that powerful. But it is. Like, it, it, he's moving quick. He's, you know, he's he's very strong, and it just doesn't look like he's doing anything really. And then all of a sudden, bam, sack again, bam, he's, sack again. Yeah, it's
1: just... he's not overly strong in it, like like he's not really, really fast or really, really strong. I think he's the perfect balance of of both. But when you look at Miller, it's just ultimate explosion and timing, which makes everything so fluid. Because I think Houston's probably a lot stronger than Von Miller, but Miller just does it on pure explosion, so it's a little bit different. But the pass rushes in this entire division are just insane. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Houston, and Miller, and and Bosa had a great game, and and Khalil Mack just you you run out of words to say with that interception and the way that he played and ending ending the game and, and driving the Raiders, uh, to a to another classic win, and now in a good box seat to have a first week buy in, uh, in the AFC.
0: I honestly think that. Mac doesn't look like he plays a defensive end position. He looks really, really wide. He doesn't look fast. He doesn't look, it's he, another player that is just baffles me. I, I, when I was watching the highlights of that game and I saw the interception, I didn't, I did not for one second think it was Mac until they, you know, shouted out his name. Mm. He just he looks he looks nearly like a defensive tackle, but he moves like a defensive end. It's incredible. But it's yeah, he he has he has it all. He he deserves every cent he gets paid. He is you know the elite defensive end next to JJ Watt in the NFL.
1: Yep. Uh, defensive Player of the Year race. Uh, any thoughts on that after that defensive display this week? Not just across that division, but across that. Across that NFL, the entire NFL, really. Uh, obviously some names are on the list. You know, we've mentioned Mac and Miller and Aaron Donald in there. Maybe Landon Collins, another guy I like Cliff Averill, is is hanging about as well. He's playing really well this year. Any thoughts on who who you think's in the box seat at this point?
0: No, there's no thoughts. <laughs> no,
1: you're just gonna wait and see.
0: I do it, it when it... In the, you know, the must win games, the crucial games down the stretch, that's where the big players come to play. It's not against, it's not in these games that you find them. It's, it's in the last few weeks before the playoffs where you really know who's going to win it.
1: Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next topic conversation. That's Seattle. Uh, obviously, uh, they, they lost in a 14 5 defeat. I thought it was going to be a Scorgami game, but we've apparently already had a 14 uh, 5 game in the NFL. So unfortunately, not a, uh, scorgami bingo board piece that we can flip, o- flip off the board, but uh, just I don't know. We we knew Seattle. Like I'm not reading too much into this game because it's not going to cost them too much. They're still going to probably win the division, and the, once they hit the playoffs, they'll be f- like they'll be fine and and play like they did in New England. But I feel like there's a there's a game script there on how to beat Seattle, and that's what Tampa Bay did. They were just rushing relentlessly. Throughout the game, led by Devontae Levante, David, and and those pass rushes were just, just up in Russell's face for for most of that game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we were talking about we we're talking about Earl Thomas and his absence and would it mean anything? And to be honest, watching that game, Jameis Winston was. Hitting wide receivers or tight ends in the middle of the field consistently. I didn't think I didn't think Thomas's absence wouldn't be that, you know, noteworthy. I mean, obviously there's going to be an effect, the same as you know the effect when Chancellor wasn't there. That, those two players are so crucial,
1: yeah. and
0: I think that I think that played a lot into into this game. I don't think they were as organized on defense, and I mean, only allowed that, 14 points. I know, it's amazing. And saying all that though, Tampa, I don't know what's happened, but Tampa's just playing very, very, very good right now. Winston, Evans, Martin, they all they were all gelling. We and I I you know, made the horrible assumption that they were going Seattle was gonna go off. I really thought Rolls and Wilson were gonna have a day. I really, really that. But...
1: I thought that too and it, it didn't happen and uh, credit to Tampa Bay, their pass rushers. Just Noah Spence had two sacks, four quarterback hurries. Robert Ayers had a sack and three quarterback hits and four hurries. Gerald McCoy added two sacks and two hurries, and it was all through against uh, George Fant and Jermaine Effetti. They gave up five of the six sacks that uh, that Wilson suffered, and under pressure, he was under pressure on 23 of his drop dropbacks, and then only completed two of his 13 pass attempts while under duress. So that's the formula if you want to beat Seattle. But when you look at the elite teams in the NFC Dallas and Atlanta don't really have that strength, so it's going to be interesting to see if how teams can approach Seattle, especially when the playoffs arrive, and, and how they're going to do it. Because blitzing uh, Russell, uh, uh, Blitzing Russell Wilson can really help you, but you've got to be careful because it's also dangerous because it can leave you exposed when he can, you know, evade the rushes and and really, uh, you know, connect on those deep balls.
0: Yeah, Wilson's still at his dangerous when he's on the run to the right or left. Yep. And as soon as he's in space... The the wide receivers for Seattle are just so aware of what Russell can do, and Baldwin is still such an underrated wide receiver. He he makes clutch play after clutch play. I I think he's a top 10 receiver. I I was going to say top 5. He's he's in the conversation of... He's not that guy who makes those extreme plays. He's just so
1: consistent.
0: He's such a safe, solid, good wide receiver, and no one talks about
1: him. Mm, I, I, top five is a bit extreme because you need to remove some really, really good names, including who we played against in this game mean Mike Evans, who, I don't know, is there, is there two or three playing better than Mike Evans across the season right now? He is just having a season for the ages. He's playing unbelievable well, unbelievably well. He gave their secondary fits early in this game. Especially against Richard Sherman. He uh he exposed him, but he's just so hard to defend because of his body and he runs so fluidly as well. It's it's insane. So, yeah.
0: And and Winston Winston threaded a kneel to him. Yep um late on in that game that Richard Sherman did not like.
1: No at he, all. He did not like it at all. It was really fun to watch that battle. I also learnt from uh, just talking about this game is not to say Russ. Rushing Russell Wilson is very tough to say. I uh, I struggled. <laughs> um, I think I gave rushing it. Russell. Yeah, rushing Russell. You, know, you could say it fine. I apparently struggle, but uh, we'll wait and see what what Seattle do to try and improve on this offensive line because it is definitely a concern moving forward. I'm not reading too much into this offensive output and and this game because we've seen Seattle lose some ugly games and then they just you know they'll be fine for the playoffs. People overreact way too much. But I don't think I think the O line concerns are more more than a genuine concern. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last topic is should the football we'll keep this one simple? Should the Forty ers head into 2016 with the Kelly and Kaepernick combination? Colin Kaepernick's past four games: twelve hundred and forty three yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions, ninety three point two rating. Thoughts on on this connection and and whether they should roll with that? I know it's early. We've still got a lot of games in hand, but thought Kaepernick played pretty well against Miami and and came up just short on a a potential game-winning drive.
0: Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. I think he should have been the quarterback to start the season. I think Kelly finally has a running quarterback, which suits what he wants to do. I think that it is a simplistic offense, which no offense to Kaepernick, but that's good for him. It's not anything that he has to think about too much. That the success of the 49ers a few years ago when Kaepernick, you know, was in the Super Bowl, it was, you know, the read option was killing people. Kaepernick is extremely quick and, you know, people would want that speed in a running back, let alone a quarterback. And the shows on the weekend when he gets space with his legs, he can, you know, make plays and he's playing terrifically well. And I think that if the plays are kept simple and the 49ers improve on defense, well, they definitely need to improve on defense, I can't stress that enough no matter how good Kaepernick plays they're not doing anything if the defense you know can't stop you know I don't know anything they um yeah but this is this is good you have a quarterback you gave him all that money you know back then because you saw potential and I think I know it's early and teams originally because I'm sure teams get a, a head start on games, you know, three, four weeks in advance. They don't just take it one game at a time and start preparing fresh each week. They would have had game plans for Gabbett and now they're kind of not thrown out the, thrown out the window. But
1: yep.
0: Ka- Kaepernick's a completely different kettle of fish. So, I mean, I, I, I like what they're doing and I think this saves them, you know, potentially losing draft picks or whatever to go get someone. But yep. uh, yeah, I mean, if you can go out and get one of those quarterbacks like a Romo or something, like if all uh, right, if if they're in the if they're in the mix for Romo, go get Romo because his thumb's better. But I think yeah, you the remember. whole the whole Chip Kelly Kaepernick, he's finally got a running quarterback. You you can see what it's doing; it's great.
1: Yep, and look, there's still six games remaining, so we'll we'll know a lot more about you know him in his system over those last six games and and what that means to him heading into the offseason. And they restructured his contract earlier this year, so it enabled the 49ers to walk away from him if they want to. Um, but it also allows Kaepernick to opt out of his deal. So if Kaepernick actually plays even better, um, which is possible, because he's not playing that that good, but if he does you know, just light it up, then he might say, hang on, I can actually get more money somewhere else. So it is an interesting situation to monitor. I just thought it would be interesting to bring up now because of his performance against the Dolphins, last week and I just want to give a quick shout out to Adam Gase and Ryan Tenner who are playing very well and they're in the playoff hunt at this point I think uh, Adam Gase is a definite contender for that coach of the year award and he's done a terrific job so if they get another win I think they'll be on the on the topic of conversation this time next week Woot. but uh, let's preview Thursday Night Football
0: this week's NFL Lions are brought to you by William Hill Faster, easier betting.
1: All right, we've got the Dallas Cowboys at Minnesota Vikings. The ten and one Cowboys are minus three at a dollar eighty on William Hill. The six and five uh, Minnesota Vikings are plus three at two dollars and five cents on William Hill. Interesting game. Uh, very similar matchup, I think, to what we saw a couple of weeks ago where Dallas played the Baltimore Ravens. Where I think. The Ravens and the Vikings. I think the Vikings can keep things interesting for a little while, but eventually this offensive line just overpowers you, and I think they'll take control of this game in in the third quarter and fourth quarter, and, and eventually get that win.
0: Yeah, I I kind of view it the same way. I I you feel dumb to bet on the Vikings. I think at the moment, especially considering how well Dallas are playing, but it wouldn't surprise me if you know this is the game where the Vikings just put it together again you can see one of those Dallas's defense is definitely their weak point no, no one's no one's going to argue that the whole offense essentially is beautiful you've got this young quarterback who's just thriving on confidence you has got the best running back in the league at the moment on form you've got the offensive line is just the best unit of anything in football then you've got, you know, playmaking wide receivers. You've got a safety net tight end. You've got everything on offense. You don't need anything else. It's the defense, which is their weak link. And, I mean, Sam Bradford on his day can expose a defense like this easily. Yes, he... If he's on his game, this is the defense where he would just pull it apart. So Dak needs to be on, his, on the top of his game. But saying that, I think if Sam Bradford, you know, struggles... Up, Sam Bradford always kind of comes out well. He has a game plan for the first drive, but after that, it's kind of like, oh, crap, what do I do now? I only had those five plays. He's a touchdown, but I don't know what else to do. After that first drive, then Sam's like, all right, if he's, if he's got confidence and he gets some success after that, there might be an upset on the cards, but I don't know. The Cowboys are just... On a roll, they're just on a roll, and I don't want to bet against them. I no, don't want to bet against.
1: Them. I I agree with you. I, I look at it this way, and uh, it you know the Vikings on their day, Sam Bradford can definitely expose a defense like this. But I just we just saw them only score thirteen points against the Lions, you know thirty second ranked pass defense in the NFL, and he scored thirteen points. I know it was on the road, so they're a better team at home, but Dallas's defense isn't isn't much better than Detroit. So if they do have a chance to uh, to put some points on the board, we can see it. But again, you know, only 13 points against the 32nd-ranked pass defense. Now you're playing the 27th-ranked pass defense. I'm not hugely confident they can keep up with Dallas, who will be able to score points. But th- this matchup's a little bit different for Dak Prescott in, in that the Ravens can get attacked deep with the pass, and that's what he did with Des Bryant. The Vikings are a little bit different. Their defense is a lot better against the pass and the rush, uh so you know they're ranked they they're ranked sixteenth against the rush and fourth against the pass. So we might see a bit more Zeke in this game, but I feel like they'll they'll be ready for the fight, especially at home. So I can see the Vikings keeping this interesting, but at three points in the line here, I just think Dallas are too hard to refuse and, and I'm taking them. So um they've been very, very good against the spread that the Cowboys so last week was only their first non cover in ten weeks. So I am I am yeah. taking the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you're a Dallas fan and you're one of those play, uh, one of those people that's superstitious, like especially last year with Carolina, like when Carolina, you were like, all right, they're going to go 16 and 0, 16 and 0, and then they lose the Falcons, who were just playing horribly last year, and then they come out and beat the Panthers, and everyone was like, all right, I don't know if that's a good thing, don't know if that's a bad thing. If Dallas was to lose now, I think this would be a very good thing if they were to lose this game in, in in comparison to, say, three weeks from now. So even if they do somehow lose this game in an upset, it's away from home, you can take that. You can, you know, it's it's just, it'll be a good thing, especially like a, a, a grinding game like this is something else mm. that they're going to have to definitely, you know, deal with in the playoffs. Like if they come up against Seattle, this is the most similar thing to... Like that kind of defense. So it's it's those kind of defenses that Zeke and that have to get used to, especially if they're going to make a run in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to see how Dak reacts to a, to a defense like this and, and how he plays because he's getting a lot of MVP chatter at this point. And I don't think, look, he's been great, but I don't think he's the most valuable player in the league. I, I think that's giving him way too much credit for what he's done. I feel like he's been great as a rookie, and but I, I think he's in one of the best situations in the NFL for us. For any quarterback, uh, let alone a rookie quarterback, uh, I, I think if anyone's going to win the MVP on that team at this point, apart from the, the five offensive linemen, it, it has to be Zeke Elliott.
0: At the moment, I can't see it being anyone else besides Zeke and Brady. At the moment, that's just oh, those man, two players. For me. Harsh
1: on Matt Ryan, who you who you were on at uh, the midway point.
0: Nah, Matt Ryan's not done for me.
1: Wow, huge. Gone. Controversial. Going to debate you off air. I'm still, still a team Matty Ice for MVP. I love him. I feel like he deserves it. Third hardest ranked schedule this year. Pat's had the easiest schedule by DVOA this year. The Falcons have had the oh, second DV- hardest. Wow. DVOA doesn't mean
0: anything.
1: All right. All right. Moving on. But we're both on the Cowboys. Minus three Thursday night football. Our Thursday night football record's pretty good. I haven't got our numbers from last week. I'll let everybody know on Friday. When did we, we, did
0: we, I know I did. Did you get your, uh, best bet?
1: Uh, I can't remember what my best bet was.
0: That's poor.
1: That's poor. Life. I know. I know. I can't remember. Actually, I do no, remember. I, I do remember. remember I, d- I do remember. <laughs> no, yes. I did. I was on mine, a...
0: mine was mine was Baltimore to beat Cincinnati by four and a half, and they won by five.
1: Yeah, and mine was Tennessee, and uh, if it went for some really bad Bears drops, which uh, let down Matt Barkley, who actually played pretty well, we were a bit harsh on Matt Barkley. <laughs> um, yeah, they we, wouldn't did, have covered. we didn't.
0: We didn't give Matt Barkley. Anywhere near enough credit? We, like we haven't spoken about that game whatsoever. There were three
1: drops completely in completely
0: just worse than what's happened in Philly. They were just one was to his chest. Like my mum out there would have caught that ball, and yet Sharon nothing kind Sharon up in a big would have spot. caught that
1: catch. <laughs> by the way, I was trying to find the stat on the the drops by the Bears, so I Googled Bears drops, and the first result was Drop Bear Wikipedia. <laughs> I think that's how we'll end the show, but uh, it was a, a historic number of drops for the Bears wide receivers that that really hurt Matt Parkley. But uh, that wraps up the show. Please remember to keep an eye out for our uh, Lunar Bowl uh, promotion there to win a double pass. You can follow me on Twitter at JYNFL. You can follow Woot on Twitter at... Woot, et you can follow the show at Woot and Y. You can listen on Wooshka, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, any other pod po- podcast app. Please give us a like on Facebook, The Wooten Wire Show. Thank you, guys. Give Matt Ryan credit.